This is episode number 47 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell and Anita Lambert. Today we are talking about key strategies for returning to high impact exercise postpartum. And these strategies can be used at any time, any stage in your life, but we're going to focus this into postpartum, whether you haven't been doing this type of exercise ever or in a long, long time. Hopefully these strategies will help you in your return in a way that is really supportive of your physical body. So we want you to return to high impact exercise such as running in a way that is really optimal for your body in a way that is supportive to your core pelvic floor, the whole body in general. So let's dive in. We'll get started with our very first tip, which I think is probably most surprising to people and uh, probably the one that is the trickiest when you want to get back into a new form of exercise you might want to dive in fully all the way but we're gonna rein you in just a little bit so tip number one I want you to have more rest time than work time what I mean by that is you're going to keep the volume of exercise you do low you're gonna keep the rest time high Let's take the example of returning to running. Often when runners want to get back into running, let's say this is after baby is born, whether this is three months out, six months out postpartum, we think that we can just get back into going for a run. And often it doesn't quite look like this. The body is just going to feel so different. The body's going to function different. Your fitness level is different. So we need to tackle this in a different manner. And my preferred method is to do interval or sprint type training for the return to run for my mamas. So instead of going for a steady state run, trying to run three kilometers uh, right in a row, we chop this up. We actually go to a interval type training plan where we do 10 to 20 second intervals at a higher pace or a faster pace than you might be used to for your steady state running. So we do that faster pace run for 10 to 20 seconds and then we take lots of rest. So on a treadmill that could be standing on the sides or if you're running outdoors that could be walking. If you're on a different piece of cardio equipment it might look like taking your pace up for again, that 10 to 20 seconds, say you're on a bike, and then just going at a slower pace for a good chunk of recovery time. And when I say recovery time, I want this to be double or triple or even more the amount of work time that you did. So we say you ran for 20 seconds, you're going to rest for at least 40 to 60 seconds. 
this rest time is likely going to increase as your intervals progress. So if you have gotten through your first three, four intervals and you're feeling like you need more rest in order to recover, then I want you to take it. I don't ever want you to feel that you are set at that 46, 40 to 60 seconds of rest time. I want you to increase your rest time as you do more intervals. So if you're doing a set of eight intervals, 20 seconds running, followed up by all that rest time, during those first couple intervals, your rest might be 40 to 60 seconds. By the time you get to that seven, eighth interval, your rest period might be up to 90 seconds. So fully recovering between your sets of high impact exercise so you can catch your breath, so you can reset, so you can have time for your core and pelvic floor to chill out. That pretty much covers everything. Yeah, I find sometimes with my clients, I'll even with this idea of um, interval training is if they do happen to have hills around them. And I know we'll talk about alignment adjustments in a little bit. Um, I find sometimes hills can be good because it gets there. We'll talk about ribs over pelvis and how that might help in terms of their diaphragm and pelvic floor. But also I find sometimes a hill is a good marker for interval training because you get to the top and then I have them walk back down to again catch their breath reset before they're going back up again so sometimes depending on the person and what their needs are or what's available to them you can also do that on the treadmill um, but to know there are various options but I'm totally on board and the same with Jess with definitely starting with interval training to get back into it even if you're traditionally a long distance runner interval training can be really key to get back into it. And after you do a period of time of these intervals, for my clients, we're programming this in weeks-long phases. So say for the first two, three weeks, you keep your interval at that 20-second mark, then you can gradually increase that interval time as you go. So if your goal is to get back to running, say, a 5K, your goal is to get back to steady-state running, gradually and progressively increase that running time that you're doing. You can still keep that rest time, but your rest time might start to come down if your pace is decreasing. So often if we're pushing ourselves quite hard, if our pace is high during that work period, we need lots of rest time in order to be able to reset and then be able to go into the next interval with the intention of pushing ourselves again. So as you go, know that you can increase that interval time. We simply want you to test how this is feeling on your body with the shorter amount of work time first. And then our second key strategy for high impact is breathing adjustments. And so the tendency can be that you may want to hold your breath, whether this is running, this is jumping, skipping, anything impact. Um, and what Jess and I often talk about is using the exhale. Um, more to your advantage because when we talk about um like just talks about the core connection breath the diaphragm and pelvic floor working as a team um that when we exhale we're looking for the pelvic floor to reflexively lift as well as the rest of the core to connect so sometimes it's something as little as exhaling again for example a box jump landing from a box jump exhaling when you land i see this all the time with clients something as little as that can make leaking go away um, as well as with skipping, having them exhale when they land. Um, this can be a really kind of quick way to make a change if that's all that's really needed to get their core to reflexively engage during that impact point. Yeah, so powerful. Such a small one, but this is so powerful for people who are returning to high impact stuff. 
there's a tendency to want to breath hold as we get back into this higher impact exercise. What I always tell my clients is that I just want you to keep breathing first and foremost. Let's try that first. Let's notice if you are holding your breath and I'm a breath holder, so that's what I would be doing. Just keep breathing. As you talked about, Anita, the box jump example, something that works quite well for people is if you take Julie Weeb's famous cue of blow before you go. So you even start your exhale breath before you start your jump. So if you can imagine feet are planted on the floor, the box is in front of you, you're setting up for that jump. As you do your setup, you start your exhale breath just before you start to power off the floor. So that exhale breath would happen all the way from floor to landing. Exhale from floor all the way to landing on top of the box. And if you want to think about that in reverse, if you were standing on the box facing forwards and wanting to jump down to the floor, you could start your exhale breath before you started that jump off the box. Exhale continues through your landing. This is just a great strategy of things to play with. It does help people to feel more power through the whole body and specifically the lower body. And then it can also feel more supportive in the pelvic floor and abdomen. And again, if you're running or skipping, just try to keep breathing. If it's just a lot to think about with all the other cues you're thinking in your head, the breath just seems like this layer added on that feels really confusing of when you're supposed to inhale and exhale, just keep breathing. And then for strategy number three, you were talking about alignment adjustments. So going back to kind of the jumping, let's say, for example, a box jump example, um, slight forward lean forward to kind of stack the ribs over the pelvis. You heard Julie, we talk about that a lot as well. Um, getting that diaphragm pelvic floor as well as a transverse abdominis, it can help them connect for some people a little bit easier. Again, I see this a lot of time in my practice. Um, I'll have clients do box jumps and skipping right in my clinic space and playing around with those adjustments. And you see these light bulb moments go off, which is pretty awesome. And they're like, I didn't leak. I didn't, and I didn't leak again and I can do 10 and I'm not leaking. Um, so I think playing around with that, um, as well as for running, which just, um, I know we'll dive into that. Um, it, it can make a big difference and it just seems like something so small. And I feel like clients are often like, that's it. That's all I needed to do. Um, but again, it's, it's often, and I feel like postpartum, we're so used to, um, hanging, like our ribs hang back, our chest has grown, our belly has grown in pregnancy, baby comes out, our body is still adjusting to kind of where it is in space. And when we get to skipping, especially when you get fatigued, you'll notice your upper body start to lean back and then you may lose that connection, which is actually what's creating the leaking to happen or heaviness. And just by stacking the ribs forward over the pelvis, that can go away for a lot of people. Yeah, it's actually magic. Just shifting that whole axis forward, that can be incredible. This, I think, is, as you said, such a powerful one in skipping and running. Lots of women tend to be really thrusty in those exercises, so just shifting forward can be, uh, can be the ticket. To fixing this up. The other example that we want to give for alignment adjustments is one that I learned from Robin Kerr, who is a physiotherapist in Australia. She taught me this and it is to have some torque through the trunk. So again, let's go back to that running example. We often can feel really 
stuck in our bodies if we're returning to running postpartum. It just feels like our body doesn't know how to do that movement if we haven't done it in a long time. It can feel very weird. And people kind of get robotic in their movement. So there's not much shifting happening through their trunk. They feel really stuck and really tight. So what I love from this advice from Robin is to create some movement from 11 o'clock to one o'clock through your trunk. So through the whole upper body, through the abdomen, through the pelvis, we want to have some movement happening side to side slightly as we are running. You can practice this while walking. So as you take a step forward with your left, your upper body is slightly going to rotate to the left. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so as you step yeah. forward with your left, your body is going to turn inward. So right shoulder is going to turn and look to the left. And as you step with the right, left shoulder is going to turn in towards the right. So this feels strange when you're first trying it. It's not a huge movement that's going to occur. It is gentle and subtle but it can just help people feel way more comfortable in that running stride when they get some movement happening through the upper body that is pairing with the movement of the, uh, with the arms and the legs too. You know, I love this. And just to kind of add on to that, oftentimes with clients who do want to return to running and are leaking or have heaviness, I'll look at their thoracic rotation. I'll look at a lot of upper body rotation because there may be some restrictions, potentially just some muscle tension on one side that's not allowing them to rotate as well. Um, and another thing too, for postpartum moms, I know it, it, it is definitely convenient to have a running stroller. Um, and while this can actually help when we talked about breathing, so ribs over pelvis might, um, come a little bit easier if you have a stroller, but then the flip side is you're not getting that torque through your trunk. So I'm working with moms a lot about this. If they, if the only way to get them running or they really want to run, the only way they can get out is with a stroller. We try different strategies because I'm thinking of a mom recently who had come in and she was having some leaking, but we had gotten her up to 7K and she was trying to go beyond that. And she would run with the stroller plus have her dog leash wrapped around her belly. And so she would try to do one hand on the stroller at a time. And she actually noticed she would leak with a certain hand on because she had less rotation than the other hand. So then we we tried some strategies and then sent her away with that to to try it out but it's just one of those things to keep in mind we don't always think about torque through the trunk but i'm really glad we're talking about it because things like if you have a dog on a leash or a stroller or both that is going to affect the torque through your trunk and if it's possible to take one or both out test it out and if you're not leaking then you know that that's likely a, a component of why you're getting symptoms so cool the body is crazy Mm -hmm. Last strategy we want to touch on is notice where tension is being held. I think for a lot of people who are returning to high impact exercise who might be experiencing some incontinence or who have in the past, there can be some fear around that and there's this idea that makes sense in our brain that if we just hold this kegeling position or tension in the pelvic floor muscles or the abdominals that we'll fix it. We're not going to leak. We'll be strong and supported. And that's not going to work out for us in most cases. Can you explain more about that? 
Yeah, so I think it, it's really common. And I think it just in exercise in general. And we're told this too. Like if you're used to doing classes at the gym, like you get told all the time, suck your core in, hold your core in, tighten everything with the idea of this is going to help support your body. But in real life, like it's just not how our core, deep core system actually works. So by just holding everything in, you're creating a pressure or you could be creating a pressure in the abdomen um, that, that can then lead to other symptoms happening. So if you're kind of constantly trying to clench so that you don't leak urine, you might still end up leaking urine because you're just creating tension in the pelvic floor can't actually almost what we call bounce when it comes to running or jumping and it needs to be able to do that. Um, same with the abdomen. If you're clenching your abdomen the whole time, you might be putting pressure downwards on your pelvic floor that it can't oppose. And without that core canister working well, then you may have leaking and heaviness. So I'm the same with Jess. Like I tell clients, like if anything, especially when you're getting back to quicker movements, quicker exercises, keep breathing. Cause I think if anything, breath holding, which does have a place with certain types of exercise, heavy lifting, there definitely is a place for it. But when it comes to things like running or jumping, it may not really serve you in the end. And just changing your breathing habits could actually make a big difference. Mm -hmm. I think that's great advice. And also noting for an exercise like running, we're not going to be thinking about lifting our pelvic floor, releasing our pelvic floor, lifting, lowering on every step or every stride we take. That's not going to work out for us. We are not going to be able to keep up with the pace of that and keep our pelvic floor lifting and lowering throughout it. Your pelvic floor or what we want is for our pelvic floor to respond reflexively. And like you're saying, Anita, the breath can simply help with that uh, more so. If we take our brain out of it, that can be the most helpful thing that we do. Those are our top strategies for returning to high impact exercise. Let's quickly wrap it up. We want more rest time than actual work time. Keep the volume of work that you do low. Keep your rest time high. Keep breathing. If you are feeling confused about when you should inhale, when you should exhale, we want you to think less hard, try less hard, and just keep breathing. You might want to play with exhaling on exertion or blow before you go where you start your exhale breath before you start those high impact movements such as jumping. Make some adjustments to your alignment. So you might simply need to get into a stacked body position with a slight forward lean if you are jumping or running. And if you are running, see if you are staying really stiff through your upper body or if there is some gentle, subtle movement that is happening. And last tip, notice where tension is being held. So can you release that constant tension through your belly and pelvic floor and allow your body to respond as it's going to, to help you out in these movements? On the next episode of To Birth and Beyond, we have a Q&A episode all about incontinence. We talk about leaking urine during exercise with laughing, sneezing. We talk about urge incontinence where it feels like you have to go to the bathroom often or immediately. We answer listener questions on this episode all about incontinence. We can't wait to give you all the details you've been looking for. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 